Welcome to the Book of Aurora, the show where we discuss the surprisingly convoluted Metroid series. Yeah! I'm your host, Crystal, and with me as always is Monica. Hello! And Cameron. Hi. Today we are going to discuss Metroid 2 Return of Samus slash another Metroid 2 remake slash... Metroid Samus Returns, all of which fall under the umbrella of Second Metroid, which Uh is a framework that is a sequel to First Metroid. First Metroid encompassing many different versions of that story. Yes, the, the two released versions of First Metroid are Metroid and Metroid Zero Mission, but it seems that other versions of it are implied by other games. It sure are, including this one. And what's worth remembering here, what I forgot, but uh, is something we should bear at top of mind, is that if the Prime games are canonical, they happen between Metroid 1 or Zero Mission and... They happen between 1st Metroid pile. and 2nd Metroid. Between 1 and 2. Sure. But we're not concerned with them because for the purposes of the podcast up to this point, we're not treating them as strictly canonical to the mainline series. They put the spider ball in this game. They sure did. It was the origin of the spider ball. It was the origin of a lot of things. Like crouching and good controls. And the huge orbs on Samus's shoulders. Yeah, the thing thing about Game Boy games is that they figured out how to make video games. Mm-hmm. So every time there's a sequel to an NES game for the Game Boy, the Game Boy version is just better. That's bold. That is very often the case, though. It's especially super the case uh, in the case of Metroid, though, because Metroid 2 is way closer as a game in your hands to Super Metroid than it is to the original. When I remember this game being discussed in, in the Boomer Gamer discourse, it was always, oh, you know, Metroid 1 is okay, and then Metroid 2 is, is hobbled by being on the Game Boy. And then Super Metroid is the real Metroid. Uh-huh. <laughs> but actually, Metroid 2 for the Game Boy is the best feeling Metroid that I have played. Dang. The sprites look good. Samus jumps and shoots good. Being Having the small screen and the really zoomed-in perspective makes it feel appropriately claustrophobic for your big descent into SR388. And they because they don't have any color, they just made the sprite work really good to make the enemies and areas feel distinct. That's true. This was the first time I actually really looked at uh Return of Samus sprite work or 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 you know, gameplay. It's good. The Samus's sprite is is wonderful. Yeah. It's a world removed from first Metroid. So so let's go around the table and, and uh, which of the second Metroids have we played? I have played some of Metroid 2 Return of Samus and most of Metroid Samus Returns, but then I couldn't beat Ridley, so I watched the ending. That's fair. Ridley's fucking hard in he's, that one. It's too much health on Ridley. It's he, he he's he's a tough boy. Uh, you you kind of got to save all your super missiles just for him. How about you, Monica? I have played all of Samus Returns. I have played none of Return of Samus, and I have played I think 
pretty much all of another two, another Metroid 2 remake, I think up to the part where you're going into the Galactic Federation ship. However, uh, double-clicking the uh, run button on the, the program deleted my save file. It was that particular point in the game's release cycle. Yes. So Monica never went back. I, I can't deal with it. I can't play it too soon after a first-time run. It's been five years. Well, I could do it now. I just, I'm not. But my memory of where I've collected an item or whatever is, is effed up. And I have played all of Samus Returns about five or six times at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only game where I tried to really hard to get the time-based best ending on some of the difficulties. I've played a little smidgy widge of Return of Samus, and I've co- I've beaten uh, not very well another Metroid Two remake, which was it's a pretty that's a pretty fun version of the game, and it's weird. Um, it's weird the way that the the there's a storytelling disparity between all three of these games. They're all so different in how they handle stuff. Boy, is there. So, Crystal, you are our Return of Samus expert. Yeah, I guess I'm the Return of Samus expert. <laughs> or the Samus Returns expert or the Return of Samus expert? Return of Samus. Okay, yeah. This game introduced a lot of uh, concepts to the lore. It's got gunship. Samus has a, a ship shaped like her head. Mm-hmm. Um, it introduced the idea that Metroids are not just the little bubble guys but actually they can uh take different forms in their life cycle like bugs yeah 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 Mm -hmm. uh this is also the introduction they do not use the word chozo but artifactor the the bird statues from zebus also appear on sr388 and the manual says they are the ruins of the civilization that was thought to be destroyed by the metroids yes uh shall we go through the manual Yes. So the first part of the manual is the same as the first part of Metroid 1. In the year 2000 in the history of the cosmos, representatives of many different planets in the galaxy established a congress called the Galactic Federation. A successful exchange of cultures and civilization resulted, and thousands of interstellar spaceships ferried back and forth between planets. When space pirates appeared to attack the spaceships, the Federation Bureau created the Galactic Federation Police. That is verbatim with the Metroid 1 manual. Yes. Yeah, they just copy-pasted. But there are many unknown planets throughout the galaxy. Many of these are causes of concern to the Galactic Federation. To take care of this, they employ space hunters, the greatest of which is Samus Aran. Samus's greatest achievement has been the destruction of the pirates' Metroid plans on the planet Zebus. In the year 20X5 of the Cosmos... An unknown life form was discovered on planet SR388 by a Galactic Federation deep space research ship. The research crew took a sample of the creature and placed it into a suspended animation stasis capsule and dubbed the life form Metroid. On their way back to the home base, the research ship was attacked by pirates who stole the stasis capsule containing the life form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take this next bit. The Metroid in suspended animation could easily be brought back to life, and exposure to beta rays was all that was needed to cause it to multiply. This highly dangerous creature will cling to any other creature and suck away its victim's energy. Samus, by order of the Galactic Federal Police, successfully and single-handedly penetrated the space pirate's natural fortress on the planet Zebus, 
After a series of intense battles, Samus destroyed all the Metroids she encountered. Her destruction of the reactivated Mother Brain at the center of the fortress crushed the pirates' evil plans. I think that this is the first textual reference to Samus as a woman. Yes, but let's pause here for a second. What the heck do they mean by reactivated Mother Brain? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, that feels like Super Metroid almost. Yeah, what... what when was Mother Brain not activated? When did that not happen? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I guess the Prime people saw this and they were like, well, if it's been reactivated, then it, it was previously activated maybe by the Galactic Federation? Yeah, maybe it's a stolen Federation supercomputer. Yeah. that That is kind of what the Prime games did. Yeah. But like that, that really baffled me um, reading this manual. After serious consideration of how terrible and destructive the Metroid life form was, the Galactic Federation sent another research ship to SR-388. This trip was to make sure there were no more Metroids left on the planet. After a short time, the Federation received an emergency notice from the research base. They had lost contact, and the research ship was missing. The base had already sent a search and rescue party, but after their initial contact, the rescue ship was not heard from again. A special combat group was assembled consisting of armed soldiers from the Federation police and was immediately dispatched to SR-388. After transmitting their primary landing data, they also were never heard from. Rumors spread fast, and again, the whole galaxy was seized with the fear of Metroids. With this limited information, the Federation was positive that a Metroid must still be surviving, hiding deep in the planet underground. I like the singular here. Like, one Metroid did this. Even one living Metroid could easily wipe out an entire planetary civilization. So, the Galactic Federation called its members to an urgent conference to find a way to overcome this menace. They quickly came to one conclusion, which was unanimous and simple. Give Samus Aran the order to exterminate the Metroids. The underworld of the planet SR-388 is a complicated structure of multi-layered domes and spaces. Some of these contain the ancient ruins of some unknown civilization. These are home to many life forms living on the planet. Samus, charged with her mission from the Galactic Federation, hurried to the planet SR-388. Samus's confrontation with the Metroids has started again. You must help Samus save the galaxy from the Metroids. The art here is awesome. Yeah, it's very dynamic. I... Why does the Federation want to destroy all Metroids? Um, because they're monsters and they're super weapons. It says just here that one Metroid by itself is enough to wipe out the civilization on an entire planet. I wonder if they mean like one and then they multiply it with beta rays or whatever. But either way, yes, I guess there is a threat. How do you read it, Crystal? Or is it just odd to you that they would want to destroy this potentially planet-destroying little monster? Well, it just seems like the the space pirates are what you might call bad actors. But the Metroids are just animals. Mm, maybe it's easier if you think of them as less animals and more weapons. Like they're they're sort of like they're sort of like nuclear weapons if you want to think of it that way. Like you got to go for total nuclear disarmament in Metal Gear Solid V. Um I mean it's a very dangerous animal, and through t- through history, people have tried to kill very dangerous animals completely. 
That's true. France did exterminate the wolves. That's also true. And I mean, we do that all the time still. It's just that we, like, we do it all the time with, say, viruses. And there's certain definitions by which viruses aren't living things. But we also try to do it with certain kinds of bacteria while we're at it. It's just that we, we tend to think of things as only being valuable once they have a certain level of complexity. Or if they look like a cute baby. Or if they look like a cute baby. <laughs> oh. Speaking of, that does come up. Yeah, there's a baby in this one. The baby. The baby. The famous baby. The famous baby of the baby fame. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to imagine, like, it, it, maybe there's, like, an ecologically minded senator in the Galactic Federation who's like, maybe we should just put, a, like, a blockade around SR-388 so the space pirates can't take any Metroids. That could be a reasonable solution but it's like i guess i guess the thing is that they talked about the people all over the galaxy living in fear of the metroids and i maybe there's like political pressure from the populace in general so that the space monsters don't come get them because everyone in the galactic federation has watched alien and aliens (laughs) maybe it's like fear-mongering because it's been a slow news week yeah maybe it's an election year and the president needs a win (laughs) Like, yeah, I, you should vote for me because I uh, eradicated all the Metroids. Also, I'm the one who told you about the Metroids and that you should be scared of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, pa- I mean, the the structure of this game is pretty simple. There's 40 Metroids and you kill them. Yeah, that's that's literally the entire story, at least of the Game Boy version of the game. And also sort of the 3DS version. I love how... Um job like this is you are a bounty hunter and or bug exterminator and uh you have your 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 job is maybe a little bit mundane at times but you have a very concrete to-do list there's no twist and that's it it's like you you kill a certain number of metroids that are available to you and then there's like an earthquake which drains out acid pools to allow you to go deeper into the planet and then you go kill some more metroids and that's pretty much the entire game it's Interesting that the in the manual the uh, it's called a mysterious liquid. It's been interpreted as lava and I think purple stuff. Yeah, purple. And st- in Samus Returns, it's purple stuff. Malice. And I think it's malice. It's malice. But yeah, also as as a uh, lava in another two another Metroid Two remake. Right. It's hard to say this mysterious liquid. Or a special kind of... I think it was acid, like orange acid in AM2R. Maybe. Maybe. Um, some other f- fun things in this uh, manual. There is a cybernetic suit technical spec. Oh, yeah. Including an infrared ray scope that is not actually in the game. Right, but it lets Samus see in the dark. Because the, the, the premise behind the game is that you're underground the entire time. It's pitch black. Which is why all the backgrounds are pitch black. Oh yeah, I forgot but to mention, a- this is the game that introduced Samus's famous big shoulders. Yes. Oh, it also uh, notes that Samus, uh, as uh, listed here, is 190 centimeters tall and weighs 90 kilos. Looking at this, it's right beside the suit, so... I suppose the interpretation is inside suit. There's no way that that suit weighs that. It should little. be a bit heavier than that. Yeah, that's about so six I, foot two. Yeah, yes. that, okay, that's, that's how not people, bad. 
people tended to interpret like Samus is this size inside the suit because that suit looks relatively heavy. And 90 kilograms is uh, 198 pounds. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, she's a big, swole lady in this one. So we, we think this is her outside of suit. I mean, that's that's how I like to read it. It's perfectly valid that way, I think. Well, it is on the page of cybernetic suit technical specs, so that does kind of imply that it's the suit. I suppose. Could the suit by itself weigh 90 kilos? If it's made of special stuff that's uh, good, but also lightweight. No, I- I'm suggesting that the suit by itself weighs 200 Without pounds. Without Samus, so she's lifting 200 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So let's say that Samus, as uh, a woman who's, let's say, let's round down and say six feet, because you've got to have... The slight heel there. Pro- you got to have proportions to fit inside the suit at all. She's like six foot tall. Now let's say that she weighs like... 160 to 180 pounds of lean muscle and then the suit is another 198 so she's running around as 360 pounds of death that would make sense yeah but yeah this is a i think this might be the simplest of all the stories for metroid games in fact crystal i think you could probably tell us the entire rest of the story for metroid 2 in short order uh, well, the last Metroid is the, the big queen Metroid, and it's a big monster, but there are, actually there's one more Metroid. A, a, an egg hatches right in front of Samus, and the first thing the baby Metroid sees is Samus, so it thinks that she's its mother. So this yeah. non-hostile Metroid follows Samus around as she uh, goes back up to the surface. Just a little confused baby. So there's there's 47 Metroids in the game in total. If you count the ones that are spawned near the end. Yeah. Only, I don't think they actually are spawned at the end or hatch. Because the, the hatchling doesn't increase the counter. Sure. It's also not as big as the other ones. So it's possible that the, the detector only picks up the Metroids at that larger larva stage it could also be that it's a different kind of metroid it could be yeah but it could also be such a small potato that it's just not picked up by the detectors just a wee little baby but yeah it's uh 47 metroids h8 which are larva um and so that means you're fighting 39 of them okay in total through the game right and that's 39 bosses plus an optional armadillo boss guy is Arachnus optional? Yes. Huh. Okay. Arachnus, which is not a spider, uh, is referred to as will... like an armadillo in the manual. And it's when you kill it, you get the... Um, ball jump, I think. Yes. The ball jump ability, which it has eaten. Yeah. Which I think is the first situation where a creature has absorbed a power-up. Hmm. First, but not the last. Right. You got, you're you're in telling us trivia mode, so why don't you get this trivia out of your system? I've just written, like, random trivia all over the place. Uh-huh. The, the problem is that it's difficult to uh, lead into that smoothly when talking about the story of such a bare-bones game. So, just throw some things at us. Did you know... Bleh. Did you know this game came out in 1991 and 1992? Yes. Um... 
The director is Kiyo Take. I don't know who. He is a person who clarified that SR388 was named not after the alien planet. Oh, what? What? It was named after the SR400 motorcycle. Yamaha motorcycle. I feel like my whole world is crumbling. I was so sure that was an alien's reference. It could be both. You know why this game's so good? Why? Because Kiyotake also directed Super Mario Land 2 and Wario Land 1 through 4. <gasps> those are some, like, all the good Game Boy games? Yep. Those are all classics <laughs> of Game Boy. Those are like the the classic, classic-ass classic Game Boy games. So, I guess we didn't really clarify, but at the surface of SR388 and... As you slowly go down, it's, you start off with the, the alpha little floaty Metroids who have a big belly. Yeah, they got the big belly. And then you go through the beta, gamma, zeta, zeta and omega. And omega. As you go further and further down, because but, each time you are in an area, you have a certain number to, to kill. Right. And then that uh, makes the mysterious liquid recede. With like an earthquake kind of thing going on. Yes. And uh, that causes you to go to the very bottom where the queen is. Right. Crystal, what do you make of the fact that Samus is textually referred to as a woman in this one as in terms of how it relates to the first game? Well, it means it can't be a sequel to Metroid 1. However, right. it does imply that the game, the incarnation of first Metroid that this is a sequel to, Zebus is not a space pirate planet. It is... The, uh, a planet that was also settled by this mysterious artifactor bird people. Right. And that later revealed through the remake of Metroid 1, possibly. In that particular timeline, there were Chozo. But in this one, they're the artifactor people. The uh, forerunners, if you will, to Galactic Federation. Uh, Okay, so it can't be a sequel to the first Metroid, but it implies that an alternate version of the events of the first Metroid must have happened, which is why they have to spell out the entire thing for you in this manual. I'm I'm neutral or leaning towards it being connected to the first Metroid. The gender misleading in the, the first manual, uh, notwithstanding. No, girl. <laughs> no, you leaned into this last time. You don't get to back out now. Well... I know one of the the key things. Let's say at least it's it's more related to the first Metroid game because again we have the establishing moment of the Galactic Federation being founded in two thousand. Yes, that's true. Well, it, that is true. But here's the thing: you can have the events of this game take place without the context of the first game at all. Can we? Sure. A science research team is obliterated by the Metroids and Samus is sent there to whoop everybody's asses. So you're saying independent of the plot clarified in the manual? Yes. Yeah. I think most Metroid games are standalone games. No. No in point of fact. Well, it it is a little strange that in the first game they, they talk about, oh, the Metroids wiped out the civilization on SR388, we think. It would be weird for them not to mention that apparently the civilization was also wiped out on Zebus. Sure would be odd, wouldn't it? That would be strange. Seems to imply that in that telling of the story, they weren't the same civilization. But in this telling of the story, they pretty clearly are. 
Yeah, I think it's it, if it's not literally the same sprite, it's very similar. Yeah. We never see SR388 in the first Metroid. It was just a random sci-fi fact plonked in there. Sure. Sorry, it's too late for you to pretend that you're no longer on board pretending. with the split timeline no, thing. No, the, the timeline thing is still working theory. Uh-huh. It's not been firmly established. There's not any firm lines. It's subject to rolling around. I didn't come into this with, like, this is clearly how it's going to be. Okay, sure. You want to talk about Samus Returns now? Well, I, I think the way the way we would draw this timeline is a little different from Zelda because th- there's still always first Metroid and second Metroid. Uh-huh. It's just yes. that uh, some of the details are a little fuzzy. All over the place. Like the personhood of Samus. Yes. And the entire <laughs> backbone of the galactic civilization forerunner race. I mean, you know, you could also say maybe Samus transitioned between these two games and the Federation's good about it. That's true. Good for her. Yeah. That is definitely a thing that you could say. It's like Samus was like, oh, I was just wearing that bikini just to try it out in the first game and then the second game comes around she's like no this is always where i was going to end up her uh her her 100 percent or no time running yeah, yeah outfit yeah. is uh now it's a tank top and draws or yeah bikini bottoms they draw spaghetti top. it is very specifically like that is ellen ripley from the ending of alien it's very well animated. She has her hair up and then, you know, shakes it off and it all, like, billows out. Ah, uh, these are all from Aliens. Oh, yeah, this Samus has a cleavage. Yes. Yeah. Well, not only that, she also has side boob. They really, they really use these pixels. They really use these pixels. They definitely do. <laughs> her boobs are so big, they're spilling out the side of her tank top. Yeah, that's that. That's how girls wear, wear tank tops, right? They got to be at least two sizes too small. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's what Metroid told me. It is lovingly rendered. Yeah, that's that's definitely one way to put it. That's some <laughs> cleavage there, buddy. Yeah, I don't. I I would not have drawn the curves past her the, shoulder. Them the, them bad boys are barely contained. This is so Space. much more detailed than the Metroid 1 spray. It sure yes. is. I also love the cursive on the end, just like this. Like No ambiguity on this one. Samus got her some puppies. <laughs> That's right. I think that this is actually the most this kind that any of these end screens ever got. Before we jump to um, either of the other two Metroid 2s, it's worth mentioning that as you venture down, there are a lot of Chozo ruins and what can be interpreted as... Like well, they're not giant... Chozo ruins at this point. Well... They are ruins, yes. Ruins of some sort, including a giant tower, a ruinous tower with um, bird statues in them. Right. And um, what's, what's unique about this game is that you acquire the beams and there's... There's multiple places where you can acquire the beams because the beams don't stack. Right. Can can you switch between them in this one or was that only introduced no, in Super? you have to go back and get a beam. Just like in the first one. God. Um, and then as you venture down to the very bottom near the, uh, the queen, uh, there's very little to no creatures in the final area. 
I think, sort of indicating that the Metroids have eaten everything else. Everything. It's a desolation. The way that it's presented in-game, Crystal, I would argue, suggests that the Metroids are mutually exclusive with a balanced ecosystem. They exist like a... They are supposed to be native to the planet, but the way that they exist, their ecological niche just wipes out everything, like a very destructive, uh, invasive species. Almost as if they are not native to the planets. Almost. Shall we talk about AM2R? I think we can leave that one till the end, because it's the least canonical. Sure. Does it make changes? Oh, Crystal, it makes a lot, actually. Yes, there's a bunch of lore. There, it, The thing about AM2R is that it was a labor of love put together by an entire community that really likes Metroid on the whole. That's not just Metroid 2. That's not just Super, but it's also the Prime games. And, and Other M. A, a little bit of Other M, but not very much. But it's the primarily the Prime games because... It has lore entries for all the enemies. It has... Uh, Journals dis- by the Federation. It has descriptions of all the different environments that you go into. It has a little... It has a few things written from Samus's perspective. It's just got so much text in it. I, I did not realize that about AM2R. And yeah, it, 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 it's actually really worth playing. I think, especially if you enjoy the way that the Game Boy Advance Metroid games play, because it's structured like Metroid 2, but it's snappy and quick in the same way that the Game Boy Advance Metroids are. So if you ever get some extra time and you want to play a good free Metroid game, AM2R is fantastic. You really should look into it. I'll I'll look into that. Please do. That sounds great. So Samus Returns, which does have an intro... Oh, Jesus, Lord. Okay. What? No, go on, go on, go on. Oh, uh, various factoid things. Uh, There are 50 or 51 Metroids in this. That's because there are 10 of the uh, spawn Metroids pop up at the end, but otherwise it's 40. Uh, No, there's an additional Metroid battle. Okay. So that's, yeah, 40 instead of 39. And the orders or amounts of each of the different types is all mixed about. Okay. What? No, go on. Oh, okay. But I mean, the the real thing that we want to talk about, and the thing that you've taken notes on and can best explain to us, is the way that the intro to this game differs from the intro to the Game Boy game. Oh. Because this game, as was the style starting on the 3DS, maybe the DS, doesn't really have a manual. It has no manual. So it actually has much less text associated with its narrative than The Return of Samus from 1991. Well, you can pull up the intro. Let's take a look. Or would you like me to just Yeah, just tell us it? a bit about it. Um, because we've all seen it. Okay. Uh, there is no mention of the founding of the Galactic Federation or anything like that. Uh, there is an overview of the events of... Loosely, Metroid 1. Um, although, uh, creatively, there's a very dynamic and strangely posed Samus shot when she's uh, fighting Mother Brain, and she's kind of craned back there. And uh, some Metroids are, are eating her arm as she fights uh, Mother Brain. There are some shots of a giant space battle, and there are the spermy 
space pirate ships. Yeah, the spermy ships are definitely canon to Samus Returns. I, I put a link to the intro in the Discord. Yeah, I'm watching it. I'd like, yeah, I'd like you two to watch and then spot the plot difference that happens. Okay. So I guess we can actually read this. Uh, why don't we swap between each of us reading different screens? Sure. Um, I'll start off with the first one. A Galactic Federation research team discovered an unknown life form on planet SR388. While they were able to successfully obtain a living sample, their research vessel was attacked by space pirates during their voyage home. Is this the first screen? Well, I mean, it was the, in the year 20XT5. Okay. This attack was no coincidence. The space pirates had set their sights on these mysterious organisms called Metroids. They planned to replicate the sample and exploit its ability to absorb the energy of any life form. Their intention was to use Metroids as a weapon, one powerful enough to conquer the entire galaxy. To combat this threat, the Galactic Federation dispatched a lone bounty hunter to infiltrate the space pirate base on the planet Zebes. Hey, we know that one. Against all odds, Samus Aran eradicated the Metroids on Zebes and defeated Mother Brain, the leader of the space pirates, and so their sinister plans were thwarted for a time. Now, it does need to be noted here that uh, this, this recounting of the events of the first Metroid posits a version of the fight where Samus is fighting Mother Brain and Metroids at the same time, which doesn't happen in any version of First Metroid that we've seen, including any of the manga versions. Isn't she posed really weirdly there? Yeah. What do you think of this, Crystal? It is, yeah. She's like, kind of crouch, kneel down on a pipe, and Metroid's biting her arm, but she's like, urging her back to shoot Mother Brain with the other arm. Yeah. And there's a Metroid on fire. Yeah, it's just crashing and burning, literally. (laughs) And there's a Metroid, I guess that's iced. Yeah, it's iced. But do we think anything of the fact that this is a battle that never happens in any version of first Metroid that we've seen? It's a little strange. They mentioned here that Samus exterminated the Metroids on Zebus. I I don't think you you actually have to do that in first Metroid. Um I I think I think you do to unlock the doors to continue. At least in Is Z- that understood to be, like, all of them? That's all the ones that are on Zebus, and then the rest probably exploded when the base went up. Yeah, but the base only went up in, in Zero Mission, right? Oh, that... No, there was still a, a self-destruct in the original oh. game. Time bomb okay. set. Yeah, time bomb set. Okay, then. Escape. Uh, I think it is now... Crystal's turn. Oh, Crystal's turn. Concerned by these developments, and by the great threat the Metroid species still pose to the galaxy... The Galactic Federation mounted another expedition to SR388. Little froggies. A special squadron of elite soldiers from the Galactic Federation police was dispatched to investigate. The team soon went missing, but not before transmitting a small sampling of data back to headquarters. Those are some those are some aliens guys. Analysis of this data confirmed a Metroid presence within the interior of planet SR388. So long as they continued to exist, these Metroids would forever pose a devastating threat to the galaxy. And the image here is is of a bunch of human scientists looking at some data on some Metroids, I guess. It's just humans. Yeah, what's up? yeah th- we've entered the era where the Federation is just humans, because Sakamoto's really basic at this point. 
The resulting decision of the Galactic Federation Council was immediate and unanimous. And the images of a human, like, spreading his arms out as if he's making a great proclamation to space. And he's, look at this arena. It's like in the middle of the air, I guess, because there's clouds and sky in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing the big speech at, like, this is the halftime show at the Super Bowl. The Galactic Federation Super Bowl. A unanimous decision. I guess there was no ecologically minded senator. (laughs) Well, I mean, everybody scurred the Metroid. Samus Aaron, you must exterminate the Metroids once and for all. I mean, it's a it's a democratically decided extermination, and it's by everyone in the galaxy. Is this a... Do we think this was influenced by uh, the Star Wars prequels? I was thinking that so fucking hard. <laughs> yes. That's just... That's just Sheev. That's uh-huh. Sheev telling everyone they gotta blow up the Metroids. I like, a, like a, an awful... Uh, Galactic Federation government plot thing, but we haven't really seen it yet. No, but w- once we get past that point, there's next to no text in the rest of Samus Returns. No. Uh, they they change up the premise of what allows you to go deeper into the planet, and that the well, it's much more obvious that this was a Chozo planet. Yes, but before we get to that, did you two spot the uh, the story difference between the two? Uh. uh I noticed that Metroids are plural. Yes, that is one of the things. Uh, there's also fewer uh, teams sent to SR388. Yes, there is only one team, and it's military from the outset. Right. In the initial um, return of Samus, there is a science or a research team. And then a rescue team. Yes. Interesting. So this is, this is a, a definitely canonically different. Yes. But what does that tell us, Monica? Well... Um, the working theory that I have going is that there is, from Metroid 1 to Metroid 2, um, if the Prime games did not occur, um, there would be a research team sent over, the research team goes missing, then they send the soldiers. However, insert the Metroid Prime games. And and, they know what Metroids are. And they know what Metroids are. And over and over, Metroids are a threat, so... The decision is actually made after the Metroid Prime games. Shoot, we got to kill these Metroids. You're saying that Samus Returns is canonical with the Metroid Prime games? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I see how they would reach that decision after the Metroid Prime trilogy. (laughs) Yeah, that that one gets a little bit more intense. You you see where I was going with talking about the Prime games. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back to that, actually. That does come up. Uh Uh-huh. One really... Go ahead. This also kind of paints a more um, militaristic federation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like in in Metroid 2, it's more like, oh, they were just, it was, you know, researchers exploring unknown planets and they happened to find this thing. Whereas here, it's it's just always the military guys going in. Yep. And you you don't imagine the little council of uh, just little guys from the (laughs) manual of Metroid 1 uh, making this decision as fast as they do in Samus Returns. You remember the little guys. Yeah. I can't remember what they look like, but... They wouldn't do it. So, in Return of Samus, there is clearly some kind of precursor civilization that left behind this technology that just so happens to fit perfectly with Samus's suit. In Samus Returns, not Return of Samus, but Samus Returns, 
And it's not Metroid 2 Samus Returns. It's just Metroid Samus Returns. Mm-hmm. It is the Chozo who are the same peoples from Zero Mission, which seems to be partially canonized by uh, the Space Pirates having little sperm ships. Uh-huh. So it's possible that this occurs in the same timeline as Metroid Zero Mission. But, um, so, 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 what was I saying? Oh, the Chozo. The Chozo are here, and they were on this planet, and you're seeing the ruins of their excavation of SR-388 as you travel deeper and deeper. There's instantly a lot more ruins bird-shaped, and as you go down, too, there's like a lab area. Yeah, this, this place is Chozo as shit. Like, you can't go nowhere without going like, oh, the bird people were here. Oh, okay, so the only way to progress is by killing a Metroid, taking a sample of the unique DNA of that dead Metroid, and using it to unlock the grand edifice that the Chozo constructed, which will drain away the purple goo which holds back the Metroids, so you can go deeper into the planet and kill more of them, repeating that process until you get down to the most dangerous one. What do we think of these Chozo seals? Uh, Can you send Crystal a picture of the Chozo seals? I mean, it, they have seen them. What 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 part of them do you mean? Uh, Crystal, do you recall them offhand? Yeah, but I, I'm not sure what you're specifically getting at. Oh, no, nothing specific. I'm just, it's a very deliberate design, I guess. It's got a bunch of Metroids on it. I, I just put it in the Discord. It just, rather than a, you know, a, a possibly natural earthquake... Um, causing lava or other things to drain. It is now very much a, I put things into this device. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant to explain that that was the, that that was the different means by which you went down rather than earthquakes just randomly happening when you killed all the Mm -hmm. Metroids you could reach. It's like they've, they've tried to tie the progression of the game into the narrative, which is actually something that the primary designer of another Metroid 2 remake, he played Samus Return says, damn, I wish I had thought of that. It's it's kind of strange. How do you mean? It's sort of like a reverse way of sealing things. Well, you can only open the seal if you prove that you're strong enough to keep killing. Yeah. I guess it really only makes sense if it is a device meant to seal and to assume that you're going to go back in to defeat more of them. It's you're almost, going to come back. It's almost like it was set up not for the Metroids, plural, but for the arrival of the Metroid, singular. The ultimate warrior. The ultimate warrior who could right the wrongs that were created on SR-388. Samus is not responding to the Galactic Federation. She is responding to the culture of her fathers, erasing the the evils that they created. Hmm. Is the implication here that this is also kind of acting as a seal on the X? You know... Yeah, maybe, because so long as the Metroids are around, the X can't be a thing. Mm-hmm. So then, why would the Chozo build a mechanism to unseal the X? Maybe their idea was, or their hope, was that whatever series of Chozo, like, ho- they hoped that Samus would know about the X before this happened. Like, maybe they would get in touch with her. Like, the, the scientists who created these barriers intended to spread information about what happened on SR-388, but there was some cataclysm that kept them from spreading this knowledge. Right, or they would tell other Chozo, hey, you know, go down there deliberately and carefully. But they could not do that. 
They could not spread that knowledge. Or is it more like um, they created this seal to keep the Metroids and the X together so that if you held it long enough, the Metroids would eat all of it? Yeah. That would make sense. That works. Um, new to Samus Returns is the concept of Aeon, which is a separate energy. It's basically life energy. Life energy? Yeah. Aside from energy energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is a pretty big uh, concept to introduce. Sure is. In supplemental materials, uh, um, Nintendo mentions that this is energy, mystical energy unique to SR388. I don't know if that's I not true. That. It's not. There's no way. There's no explanation in the game. It's definitely not true though, because now we see it in Metroid Dread. Yeah. Well. Nintendo. It uh, it it kind of reminds me of uh, Metroid Prime Two, where oh. Ether had its own energy. Ah, that could be true, yeah. But do we uh, assume that this is Souls or something? It could be the live stream. It it looks it kind of looks like X. It does look kind of like X. It is orangey. And it, it seems kind of like the implication here is that the Chozo were mining this planet for Aeon. That th- th- that does seem to be happening. Do we want to talk about the Chozo memories before or after we talk about the main plot of the game? Let's go through the plot of the game. What do you think, Crystal? Yeah, let's go through the plot of the game. Okay, because strictly speaking, it's not all that different from the plot of the original Metroid, except for one thing. So you go down, you kill all the Metroids, you get to the... Me- there is also the Digger Knot. Yeah, that's, that's a big plot. Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> What, what it, looks, th- it sure ahead. looks like an Emmy, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my god, it does look like an Emmy. Does it look like an Emmy? Yeah, hold on. Please show it's me. got an Emmy face. Let me see. So there is a, a digging robot called a Diggernaut. Oh, hey, yeah, kind of. It's got that one red eye right in the center of its face, and it's a big Chozo robot. The Diggernaut is a Chozo robot, and the Emmys look just like it. I, I really love, there is a lot of story around the Diggernaut, and it's lovely um you encounter the digger knot first in a pile of rubble yeah and it kind of looks like a grapple point so you grapple it and then it wakes up and then it wakes up and it's like you shouldn't have done that (laughs) and then for the next few scenes you kind of see it um in the background it uh eats the power power bomb uh thing yeah which is the point where you go, I have to kill this thing right now. Give me the power bombs. Right, because that's how Monica perceives things in Metroid. Give yes. it back to me. Give, Give me it the back effing power bombs. Um, there is an escape sequence from it. Two. Two escape sequences. How did you find those, Crystal? Uh, sure remind me of the Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you feel about the boss fight? Here, Here's the thing about this game. Okay. <laughs> I don't love how it plays. <gasps> That, that's fair. A lot of people don't. The the 360 aiming is a little... I I feel like I, I can't get it to go where I want the way I want it to. Right. And the... Uh, I mean, the melee counter is fairly generous, but just the way the buttons are placed kind of makes it awkward. Like, I kind of wish it was on if the 3DS... If this had... If this used the 3DS triggers. Right. Extra triggers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they have it set up so that the 
counter button in Dread, which you can now use while running, jumping, or dashing, amongst other things, uh, is set on one of the shoulder buttons. So that, that should be a little bit better. I, I can't believe that Sakamoto decided to put this on the 3DS when the Switch was out. That bastard. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I, I will say about the Diggernaut fight is that I replayed the game about a month back, give or take, on, the, uh, on hard difficulty. And I still really like the Diggernaut fight because there are little tricks that you can do mm-hmm. to take no damage from any of its attacks. Like, if you just roll into a morph ball and stay in a corner, its thing where it moves its crushers back and forth will never touch you. And when it does its vacuum attack where you're supposed to drop uh, bombs in front of it, if you use the spider ball, you can't be sucked up. And it just feels really neat to take it out that way. A lot of people found this boss battle to be very hard. Yeah. It's probably the second hardest fight in the game. Did you find this battle hard, Crystal? Uh, yeah, it took a few tries. Took a few tries. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. I, Monica, I has the, Monica has the thing where she is... You know how the thing about Dark Souls, if you look at it from the perspective of the monsters, is that they can kill you as many times as they want. You just keep coming back. Over and over and over you come back. And even the bosses, they see you coming back and there has to be a certain point where they realize that you will continue to return until such time as they are dead and you only have to win fucking once. Anyway, that's Monica. Monica's the chosen undead. <laughs> Uh, I I persevere through Metroid games because I like them. Right. Which is a strange way to put it, but I think fits. But I don't recall... I did die, of course, a couple of times, but I did not find it like mind-numbingly frustrating as some other people did. I can't remember if I gave you a couple of hints no, about how to fight it. you did not. Okay. But yeah, you killed the Diggernaut, and um, the Diggernaut fight is like an apology for Metroid Other M, I feel. Do you remember how uh, how the death of the Diggernaut goes, Crystal? Uh, I don't. Okay. Remind me. So you defeat the Diggernaut, and you get the power bomb, and it rises up one last time, and as it starts to move, Samus powers up her charge beam, and she never looks at it. But as it turns around and it r- starts to move to attack her, she just raises her cannon and shoots it in the eye. And then it falls down dead. And then to progress, you have to destroy its body with a power bomb. And it is like the most action movie badass moment that the character has ever had. Yeah, they really, they kind of give Samus a lot of those kind of moments where you're just playing the game and suddenly the camera moves to make her look epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Epic. It was a return to Prime, I feel. Prime had more of a sense of humor about it. Because, like, yeah, she'd walk away all cool from Thardis, and then a random rock would hit her in the head, and she'd turn around and go, God damn it. That sort of thing. So, um, the Galactic Federation went to the planet after Samus left and reverse-engineered the Emmy from this guy, right? It definitely feels like it. Maybe. And that's why the Chozo General took over the Emmys, because, like, ah, yes, Chozo technology, I know that. It, it definitely, I mean, looking at the Emmy's feet, I just see bird talons, and it's just exceptionally chozo. I will post a comparison image of them in the Discord. It's the same picture. <laughs> That's a little different. Their, their legs are each of them shaped like all four of the Diggernaut's legs together. Yes, there's definitely that talon aesthetic. So yeah, I think that you're probably right, Crystal, and that the Emmys are an example of the Federation trying to copy Chozo designs, which is probably a big part of the reason that the uh, Chozo General goes, huh, no, 
No, I don't think so. I cannot believe that the next time we get together to have one of these recording sessions, Metroid Dread will actually be out. In fact, this will probably release, well, depending on when it's cleaned up and so on, after Dread. Oh, easily. Yeah. We've got a few more episodes in the tank still. Ah, okay. Well, people can then go, why did you ever think that the Emmy was related to the Diggernaut? Alternatively, brilliant. Oh, oh, Crystal's geniuses. Um, but yeah, you, you, after all that, you fight your way down to the bottom of the planet. You kill the Queen Metroid. Wait, notably, in oh. the final area, um, there's some differences in that there are a lot more creatures in the final area with the Metroid Queen. Right. Including a lot of Chozo robots. Tons of Yeah. Them. Tons of Chozo robots. Uh Samus Returns has a lot fewer uh, creatures than Return of Samus, though. I don't know why. Do you have that backward? Samus Returns has a lot fewer creatures than Return of Samus. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's anything to make of the fact that creatures are still existing close to the Metroid Hive. Wouldn't that mean that Samus Returns has more creatures than Return of Samus? Less diversity of creatures. Oh, yeah, okay. More numbers of enemies. Got it, okay. Uh, well, I think that that kind of plays into like the, the thematic differences between the two games that comes into play more once you kill the Queen Metroid and get the hatchling. It's a potato. It's a little... Crystal, is this not the cutest little bastard? It's so squishy. <laughs> it is squishy. <laughs> little, little, little little fart thing. I love it. It's like... It's got a little chirp. It chirps at you. And it just looks at you, and it doesn't really even have an eye, but it's looking at you expectantly. Yeah. This is how... Your relationship with this creature is proof that Samus Returns and Super Metroid can't take place on the same timeline. (laughs) They can't. And we'll get into why in just a second. Now, the thing about the ending of Metroid 2 um, is that there's no enemies in it. And the music is very upbeat. This is a triumph. You've defeated the evil, and now you're coming back. And it's like a decompression the entire way. You can relax. You can enjoy the fact that you've beaten the game. And this this is your victory lap. And you make it back to your spaceship, and you get to see Samus with her big old boobies out in her draws. And everybody's good now. Samus Returns is not like that. Uh, There's still monsters everywhere. Uh, the music is very dark and ominous. And Are there some power-ups that you need to get only after this? Because the yeah, absolutely. the hashling can eat the crystals. Yeah. D- did you notice this crystal that when you're after you get the baby Metroid, things don't really turn all nice like Dragon Quest? Yeah, it, it's sort of uh, ominous and foreboding. Yeah. Once you get out to the surface, there's this big storm brewing. And it's like things are getting worse and worse and worse. So you come over the hill, and the baby's like, oh boy, oh boy, that looks like we're going to get out of here. Let's go, everybody. You can board the elevators and warps with the baby, and it just like gets on like, do, do, do. It just floats next to you like, ah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's us. That's us. Yeah. We're we're doing it. We're the Metroid and the Samus. That's us. We're doing it. It thinks when I grow up, I'm going to be just like her. Uh-huh. And so, okay, so you make it back to your ship, and it's like, Oh boy! And it flies down to the ship, and then it, 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 here's Ridley, and it's like, "What? Fucking Ridley's here? This here's is Ridley. this is new." Okay, so Ridley's in this one. Ridley wasn't in the Game Boy game. 
Um, that's 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 they ain't scared of fan service. But it also does something else in that Ridley's a robot here. He's slightly less robotic than he was in the Metroid Prime games, which is implying that not only are the Metroid Prime games canon, but he's on his way to healing back to his full power self uh, as he is in Super Metroid. I I I've read people pointing this out on the wikis and so on i just can't quite see it it's fine you don't have to see it can, can you show crystal okay hold on hold on I, I had to refresh my memory of the prime ridley's and ridley's in general so prime ridley the main one is called meta ridley and it's got holographic wings or energy wings okay crystal now here's meta ridley from metroid prime uh, eventually it gets filled up with Phazon, no. and it becomes Omega Ridley. But the chief thing is that this Ridley is like 90% metal. Is that Does that feel like a good estimate to you, Crystal? Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Okay, now in comparison, here is Proteus Ridley, the final boss of Metroid, Samus Returns. And I would say he's quite a bit fleshier. Yeah, he... He looks more like some kind of fucked up Ridley clone. Yeah, a little bit. I just, like, there's so many Ridleys that I don't see it intricately or intimately linked to Prime. I, I guess it could be. Regardless. Ooh, Samus killed Ridley and he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And which they kept time? bringing him back. Which, which time do you mean, Crystal? Every time. You mean in Metroid, the first Metroid? Yeah. Yeah, that did happen. Ridley just exploded. And... We're going and the Super Metroid episode is where I'm going to have the most questions about this. So I'd like to address it then. But um, Metroid Samus Returns is just sort of building on this idea that yeah, Ridley's just back. Fuck it, Ridley will come back. So here he is. Have right. fun. But I could just as easily see the mechanized stuff being him repairing from Metroid One than uh, or, or Zero Mission. I mean, he's still recovering from. That's the idea here. Uh, okay, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't necessitate the Prime games. Right, but it still draws that visual through line. Okay, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just like, I didn't get... You don't have to be opposed or in agreement with it. It's okay. just it's just there anyway. Okay. Why the hell is it called Proteus Ridley? I don't know. No one knows anything. Crystal, do you and the baby Metroid fight Ridley together? Uh-huh. The baby and- Metroid tries to, tries to attack Ridley. It's like Ridley has Samus on the ropes and... The Metroid is very scared, but then it decides it has to be brave, and it just latches right onto Ridley's goddamn face. A few times. And he's like, ah, ah, get it off me, get it off me, because it's killing his ass. He's turning gray as it's chewing on him. Is this a Navi battle? Yeah. With Ganon? It's exactly like Navi and Ganon in Ocarina of Time. Is, is it definitely the same Ridley in all the games? I don't know. The implication is that yes. There's no yes. Ridley clones? There... There is a Ridley clone. There is a Ridley clone that might be the same person. The thing about Ridley is that in the fiction that Sakamoto tends to draw on, which is largely the manga, it's established that Ridley is basically impossible to kill. You could set him on fire and burn him down to bones, and he could somehow regenerate from that. Like, as long as he's in a state where he can just eat shit, he can heal from anything. Uh, The name... Proteus, the word Proteus is from Greek mythology. Okay. He's the old man of the sea that changes several forms. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Comes up in the Odyssey. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
He's he can prophesize, but you have to catch him first. Damn, kind of like that. I just like old men of the sea. It's like, oh, that's cool. Question yeah. two: what, what kind of intelligence? Where where are the space pirates getting their intel that they can just like intercept the Galactic Federation Metroid vessel like that? And also, Ridley knows exactly where Samus is. I mean, in fairness, uh, they did. The Galactic Federation transmitted their plans at the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, maybe that's as many dignitaries. I guess maybe one of them could have leaked it very easily. And the, the the space pirates already attacked a research ship that came from SR-388. So they know where the Metroids come from. And it, the sequence reads to me like, really what happened was while Samus was down on the planet... Ridley found where her ship is, and it's just waiting for her to come back. Do, do you think the hatchling flies towards the ship, even though it doesn't know the ship, because it just looks like Samus's face? Yes. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. Big Mom. Big Mom. Oh, everything's good forever, says the baby Metroid. Um, notably, this game and this Ridley fight creates a a uh, contradiction in a fusion line. Do tell. Uh. In Samus's narration in Fusion, she mentions that the the hatchling has saved her life twice over, as opposed to three times, which yeah, is... this would be the uh, this would be a third time, yeah, or the second time leading to the third time, the third time, right? Yeah, Metroid, <laughs> Metroid, little baby Metroid. You know, this game to me cannot be canonical with Super Metroid. It can't. Try to imagine that you find a little puppy with superpowers out in the woods. Okay. And then you're attacked by the devil, and you fight the devil, and the little puppy helps you fight the devil, and you defeat it together. And then it's like, okay, mom, let's get out of here, and you leave with your little puppy. And then you turn the puppy over for scientific research to figure out how it fought the No, 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 Samus would not give up this goddamn Metroid. (laughs) They'll make it work when they remake Super Metroid. I don't buy it. So it doesn't fit with Super Metroid... And possibly, probably not Fusion. No, absolutely not. Super Metroid doesn't fit with anything. Super Metroid don't fit with shit. That's why they have to remake it. Yeah. Well, it fits with other M. (laughs) Now, see, see, if if they had released Samus Returns before other M, I would understand why Samus was so goddamn attached to that baby Metroid. (laughs) Is this a after justification? No. No. I hate other M more than you can fathom. God, we're going to have to do another M episode. You don't have to be on it. I'll be on it. If you were on it, that would mean watching it. Yes, I will watch Other M, the movie. Do not write checks your ass can't cash. I'm going to do it. But but you said you didn't want to because it would hurt your enjoyment of the entire franchise. I mean, I'll be done dread by then, and it'll be another decade before we see another Metroid game. Oh, that's dark. Metroid Prime 4 will release next year. Really? Yeah. All right. That I hope you're right. I hope we get a new Metroid Prime and hopefully, hopefully, a new Zelda game in the same year. New Donut Battle. New Donut Battle. Okay, we'll talk about that at the end of this episode. So so we got we got the story now. Uh, little Metroid Baby and Samus defeat Ridley. They both fly off together. And then the X come out. Yeah, there's, there's a, a horned toad. A horn toad is like, hey, 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 I'm going to chew on Metal Ridley's foot. The rest of Ridley's not there. Yeah, Ridley uh, Ridley flew away. Without his foot. That got blown off. And it, it 
it hops behind a pillar because they don't want to animate this. Yeah. And uh, some some orange flavored X comes and uh, eats the horn toad. Yep. And now the horn toad is red and it hisses. It's a it's an X horn toad. Maybe the same one that attacks Samus. I think that's meant to be the implication. Yeah. The also the fact that this X came out so soon before Ridley's corpse was even recovered. Um suggests that that it was unsealed by samus it does yes like the last x was just hiding from the metroid queen like oh jesus oh fuck don't let it find me oh god and then it died and it was like oh she's not leaving it oh she's leaving yay (laughs) time to eat stuff time to go back to being the dominant life form on the planet are x's sapient they can be generally no are metroid sapient (laughs) i don't know maybe i don't know either the, the hashling shows a lot of like loyalty. But it, it seems like it's at least uh, the same level of intelligence as a dog. Yeah, it's hard to say. Poor baby, They're definitely like a dog. <laughs> so, no, I don't think. Why, why are you asking about sapiens? Because I I like to keep that in mind when talking about aliens. I do not think that Metroids are sapient. I think they are mostly just vicious bastards. I also don't think so, X are sapiens until they eat something that has sapiens. I agree. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. The smarter something they eat, the the more smarter they become. Well, then again, Metroid Prime is sapiens. Yes, but there's also the thing about the Metroids is that they also seem to take on the aspects of whatever they eat, if they eat enough of it. And Metroid Prime ate what was basically Lavos, so it just got really smart. Oh, I'd love to talk about the Metroid games Metroid Prime games one of these days, if we ever get time for it, to talk about the non-canon entries in the franchise. <laughs> those are my favorite ones, those three non-canon games. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Are they? I don't know. We'll talk about it. After Dread. After Dread. Pine. But, uh, yeah, so how about those Chozo memories, Crystal? Yeah, you do unlock Chozo memories in the gallery. This was uh, crazy. <laughs> it's the prequel of Metroid Dread. Tell us about them. Well, there's 11 of them. I'm pulling them up. Uh, The images are actually very small on the Wikitroid, or at least a few of them are. I linked to a YouTube video, I think, of the memories. So the first one has uh, three Chozo guys landing on this planet, SR388. They have kind of a Samus-shaped ship behind them. Like, it's not shaped exactly like Samus's head, but it's clearly reminiscent and the Chozo in the middle is holding some sort of glowing blue orb. Also, it looks like Old Bird. Old Bird. Old Bird. These are some really advanced people. Next image. Uh, the second one has the Chozo. It kind of looks like they're extracting some sort of yellow energy from, like, dead animals. It looks like Aeon energy. Yeah, Aeons. It, it really looks like harvesting souls. Well, it, it's it's not souls, though. It seems to be life energy to me. I mean, Samus does that. Those orbs pop out of enemies. Oh, um, I actually can uh, grab some higher res versions of, like, six of these. Uh, I'll, they're in Dread Report Volume 7, a little ways down the page. But we'll keep using this for this video for now. The next one, let's go over. Ooh, this one is... Uh... Cam, you can take it. Okay, so the way that it's working now is that the science team 
um, with the digger knot in the background, appears to have constructed a factory for producing the machines that you fight throughout Samus Returns. They can be seen extracting Aeon energy in the lower left hand of the panel. They are fighting against certain forms of life. They are flanked by warrior chozos carrying shields. And it's just all, all of this is setting up so that the science team is clearly intending to continue their research on Aeon energy here on SR388. You think it's research or just like mining? It can be both. Okay. Is the thing. And then in the next one, we get the fun one. Monica, why don't you tell us about this one? Um, the Chozo have encountered the X. Yep. There's a bunch of warrior Chozo with the shields, and there's like a billion X orange flavored. Um, in the foreground, it is uh, attacking or absorbing some horned toads. So the X, suddenly very important to this. It's neat how this was basically a way to lead in to Metroid Dread, huh? I wonder if it was a result of harvesting all that Aeon energy. Very possibly. Oh, like they accidentally spontaneously created the X? Yes. Oh, shit, that would be very different from the story as told in Fusion. Oh, shit, maybe. What do you think of that, Crystal? I, I do like that idea. Like they just get like the the X themselves are just hyper concentrated aeon energy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or the result of pulling it out of something. Maybe. I mean, it's I I think of this because it's orange flavored and it's same orange golden glowy like the aeon. What what what's the next image though, Crystal? Uh, the next image. There's a big Metroid. There sure is. And there's a little tiny X and a bunch of Chozo. Um, it it kind of seems like they're working on the Metroid project. So this is like the first, this here is possibly the very first Metroid. There's other Metroids in the domes in the back. Oh, I guess they kind of are. Okay. But this is still the Metroid. The first one born. This is the production facility. Hatched. Yeah. <laughs> God, you know, it's real easy, like... It's easy to forget this because Monica loves Metroid so much. She thinks that they're just the cutest little cosmic horrors ever. But they're actually terrifying little fuckers when you really look at them. Because the next image is uh, the Chozo science team moving forward using what seems to be green control panels or possibly energy shields to shield themselves from the X. And the Metroids are just going ham on everybody except for the Chozo. They're being directed to attack the little horn toads and they're grabbing X parasites out of the air and the X are trying to get away. They're not making it. They're not making it at all. Delicious. They're just being ate up like fruit gummies. They are fruit gummies. Uh, Metroids though. They're very bad Metroids. What's this one, Monica? Um, it seems like two scientists, Chozo, are talking to each other and, uh, there's a bunch of Metroids that are floating in the air, uh, but the Chozo don't mind. They're looking at their research. They're looking, delving further into the planet, I guess. There's a soldier there. He's got his shield up, but it's it's all generally fine. They seem to be standing on top of a huge amount of Aeon energy. Yes. It's glowing orange. Now, one thing that we haven't mentioned throughout this is that there are specific individuals amongst the Chozo here. And the center image of 
this peaceful spot here is a Chozo wearing an arrow-shaped headdress, and he seems to be the leader of the research team, generally. Mm. Where's Old Bird? I don't know. Not in this image. He kind of looks like the gold Chozo from Dread. Yes, the one who's probably an ex. <laughs> now, Crystal, what's this next one that happens? Uh, well, it seems that the Metroids have become uh, Alpha Metroids, and now they're attacking the Chozo as the Chozos struggle to defend themselves. You see some Chozo warriors getting thrown off down into chasms, and others being, like, latched onto and torn at real hard, and it's just turning real bad real fast. It's time to go. This appears to be a development that the Chozo were not expecting of the Metroids. The, chasm, the chasms are still golden. Yeah, the planet's just full of Aeon energy. And the next image, hey, there's Old Bird again, and the Arrowhead guy. And they are standing there uh, setting up the purple goo barrier as several warrior Chozo hold back what I think is a Gamma Metroid while the purple goo pours in. They're setting up the thing so that Samus can come back later, or somebody can come back later. I guess their hope is that they'll send off for reinforcements, and then after that, they'll take out all the Metroids and the X systematically. Who knows? Maybe they'll even try to uh, uh, take out everything all at once. And how about this next one? Uh, It seems like the Chozo are gathered in some kind of council. You can see Old Bird and the the Gold Triangle Head Chozo, but also a guy who kind of looks like the Chozo General. Sure does. They're right outside, and the f- there's floodlights from a, a spaceship. So yeah. Assumedly the arrival of the tall guy. The gold arrow Chozo seems to be greeting the Chozo general uh, with relief. Maybe these are the reinforcements that they were hoping would arrive. Yeah, so maybe what happened here is that the Chozo general's like, all of you are infected. <laughs> Uh, okay, Crystal, really why don't you just tell us what it transitions into as the next image? Uh, it's an ominous red image. I remember it kind of flashed in the gallery. And uh, old, old, the, the old bird and the other guy are dead. And the Chozo General is standing over them speaking to his army. Yep. Yeah, and it's all red. And there's like distortion that plays rather than music. Right. And the image number is... N- not any, uh, not 11, it is 2D. Out of red. 10. Out of 10, which different people have pointed out, uh, 10 divided by 2 is 5. five. So it's 5D red. red. Metroid 5 Dread. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, they weren't wrong, but. So this was definitely the lead into Metroid 5 Dread. So now we have a clearer idea of what happened on SR388. Though maybe not the full image, but we see... It was suggested in later Metroid games that Metroids could only go through what's considered their full life cycle on SR388. And I think that these Chozo memories suggest that the reason that they go through that here is because they eat the X and they take on the mutagenic properties of the X. Mm -hmm. Which is something that the Chozo did not expect for whatever reason. If if, If we say that the X and the Aeon are... If not one and the same, at least deeply connected, it could be that the Aeon energy is uh, mutating them. Very possible. 
Though Metroids do also notably change the t- particular forms that they take on when they eat Phazon, too. They turn into specialized Metroids that can do weird magic bullshit. Yeah, Retro did rip off Metroid Fusion. That- <laughs> I guess that kind of happened if we're going to if we're going to be... Wait, hold on. How do you mean? Uh, Dark Samus is SAX and Phazon is X. Um... I'm going to let that go for now. We might argue about it in a future episode. It was really neat um, just thinking about Samus Returns being announced at the Treehouse stream and then slowly realizing that it was going to feature some X and Chozo lore. Yes, absolutely. Do y'all remember how this wasn't in the actual direct? I, I, I don't remember the announcement. Yeah, that's because it wasn't announced in the direct. It was shown off in the Treehouse stream afterward. Announced all quiet-like. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? This was during the period where they were still reeling from Federation Force and Other M. M. And I think if there had been a negative reaction to Samus Returns, they would have just shelved Metroid. I do feel like I have a clear picture of the of the general's motivations. He wants to kill the infected, and Samus is also infected. Possibly. That that that's a really reasonable way to do it. The way that I read it is that he's like you made what? Talking about the Metroids. And he's like, we can't have those. Just like the Galactic Federation decides that the Metroids themselves have to be destroyed, he decides that the people who made the Metroids cannot be allowed to continue on if they might do that again. Um, this would also explain why Samus has a refilling Aeon gauge in Metroid Dread. Because she's X. Well, she's also Metroid. X and Metroid. She passively eats uh, Aeon energy. By Samus Returns? No, Dread. Oh, Dread. Okay. Because her Aeon gauge fills up without having to do anything. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about what Dread's take on all this is going to be. I feel like Samus Returns might be canonical with Dread. Yes, Dread is definitely just... a sequel to Samus Returns. Yes. I guess we'll see, but probably yes. Um, how much do we want to talk about another Metroid 2 remake? Was was it was it half? Well, I mean, it's got a lot in it, just in terms of text. Like it, it goes in really hard on sort of a constructive, transformative fanfic sort of way in building up the Chozo society that was on SR three eighty eight, and it attributes a lot of different environments to. Uh, different parts of the Chozo civilization that lived on the planet. The part that I really liked is that they had the earthquakes, uh, I think, linked to um, basically the Metroid Queen calling out and sensing the death of her young. I Did they do that? At least some people have interpreted it that way, because in the, at least the final areas, when um, the Metroid Queen is, is yelling out, um, the earthquake is sh- shaking at the same time. And that's when you kill the other Metroids. That's fair. Hey, if you open up the uh, original size version of this image here, Crystal, you can see that like Chozo all have really big soulful eyes, and I just kind of like this image. Aww. They're like birds. They're people eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of cute. They look very much like 80s like puppetry. Oh yeah, animals. they could absolutely be in the Dark Crystal. Uh-huh. Touching lightly on AM2R, so it was for the first decade or so of its progress, largely worked on by one person. Yep. 
Milton Guasti from Argentina. Please forgive us if that is not the correct pronunciation of your name, since I know you're listening to this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it definitely is a labor of love and um, by fans and who worked in lore from across all of the games. Yeah, it's definitely it is in some ways the consummate Metroid fan project, and it's definitely worth playing if you enjoyed Metroid and also if you enjoy its lore because it tries to incorporate as much as it can. But I don't know that we really have that much more to talk about in it, except for you fight so many different fucking bosses. They were like, Metroids is not enough different kinds of bosses. There's some bullet hell. There's a bullet hell boss. There's a big tank boss that gets a lot less threatening if you shoot it in the face first. There's a, a, a breaking down reactor that is actually not a real-timed sequence because I would have blown up otherwise. There's a xenomorph. There's an interesting lore bit. I think you brought this up already, Cam. Where the crystals are theorized to be crystallized X. Oh, they're not theorized. Um, once you oh, right, beat when, once you beat the game in another Metroid Two remake, because in Metroid Two and in Samus Returns, there are all these little crystals that impede your progress until the baby Metroid is with you. Then the baby Metroid eats the crystals, and you can continue. In AM2R, part of the end sequence is that in the uh, space where the baby Metroid's egg was, one of the crystals shakes and then it turns into an X, implying that the X turned into those crystals to hide themselves from the Metroids. Delicious. So they became rock candy. Maybe the Metroids also just, like, crystallize them to to, to eat them. Okay, so when they remake Super Metroid, they're going to say that baby became big Metroid because it ate all the X. <laughs> I mean, maybe... Do they? I don't think that they need to remake Super Metroid, though. Um, they would like to sell things for money. I mean, okay, Mercury Steam has talked about wanting to remake Metroid Fusion. Like, that's what the studio wants to do. So if they did another remake, I could see a Fusion remake. That's They, they were pitching Fusion when Sakamoto contacted them, or when they contacted Sakamoto. And then he said, no, do Metroid 2. So what you are suggesting, Crystal, is that Sakamoto might be the one who would push for a Super Metroid remake. I can see it. That one will... Oh, gosh, the fans. The fans. To, do you, is that what you think, Crystal, that they would try to bring it more in line with how Metroid works nowadays? Yeah, I think this is the model for Metroid going forward. Oh, uh, Wouldn't it be better if it was just original games, though? Yeah. A little... I mean, Super Metroid isn't for me, the best of the original Metroids, but it, it still works perfectly fine. You can play it nowadays. Everyone says it plays bad. Except for the boomers. Oh, yeah. There's definitely <laughs> it's floaty. It's floaty. Uh, Samus is a bit slow in it. It's wall dip- jumping is hard. Wall jumping is a little bit stricter in its timing. You can wall jump multiple times off the same wall, though, which is I think that's the only game where you can do that. I think you can do that in Zero Mission. Can I don't, do that I don't believe Mission? so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. What if Metroid Prime 4 is like, I remember Phazon? Actually, that was X. That would be interesting. Especially considering that there would have been an entire planet made of X at some point. Delicious. Delicious. Or at least it was it was a cousin of X. It, it related to X in some way. Blue raspberry flavored. I mean, I'm okay with Phazon just being like this weird cosmic horror thing that intersected with the Metroid universe for a little while and then got murdered. Because it just seems like they, they have a more um, 
they have a better idea of what Metroid is than I think they ever really have before. And I would be surprised if Prime 4 was just a sequel to Prime 3 and didn't also try to tie in with this. You might be right. Maybe they'll have a melee counter. Maybe. I think Sakamoto and Tanabe have talked before about how they try to go off in different directions from each other so that they don't step on each other's toes in the series. So, But maybe you're right. Maybe that could happen. Hopefully we'll find out more about Metroid Prime 4 soonish. If Metroid Prime 4 comes out next year, 2022 is going to be wild. Two Metroids in that close proximity. Yeah, we haven't had that since 2002. Or 2004, actually. Anyway, I think... Metroid 6. Oh, Metroid 6. Surely that's a Switch 2 kind of thing. What if Prime 4 is Metroid 6? Whoa. Oh, yeah. Metroid 6. Metroid Prime 4. Uh Uh-huh. That feels like a very crystal answer to the question. This would maintain Metroid as the, uh... Was it the Halloween? The Jason Voorhees? (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 What if they uh, what if they make Other M H D? Other M will never come up again. <laughs> what if they remake Other M and make it good? Crystal, don't do this to me. Okay. What? Have you watched Other M yet? No. We'll watch it together. Are we going to do Other M between the episodes of Super Metroid and uh fucking Fusion? I don't know. Do you think it's canon? No. no. Okay, then we won't. Okay. Okay. Maybe that can be our first extra episode. I don't fucking know. I think we're about done with Metroid, the second one, though. Uh-huh. What do you think, Crystal? Yeah, I think I think that's it. I do have a few questions. Shoot. Yay. Um, Moffy asks, One of the neat things about two different Metroid 2 remakes coming out so close to each other was seeing how they each had very different interpretations of the same areas and environments from the Game Boy original. Which versions of each area do you like best? Uh, I'll say Metroid 2 for all of them, because I don't love the way Samus Returns looks. <laughs> I I really respect Metroid 2 and how, because they couldn't use color, they used texturing and a lot of other different, like, subtle hints to indicate the different areas. Metroid 2 is scary in a way that neither of the remakes is or can be, though AM2R tries its best. Um, I think that generally speaking, I prefer nearly all of the areas in the Game Boy game. Though, there are some unique areas in Samus Returns that I think look best. Like, stuff around the Diggernaut looks very cool. And a lot of the backgrounds stuff looks very neat. It's a little bit of a mix for me, but generally speaking, I think the Game Boy game looks best. All of its areas. It's scary. Mothi has a, a, a few more questions. Is Aeon just X-Juice? Yes, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, very possibly. I'm not going to say yes, but I'll say it, the, the X could well be made of Aeon. Yeah. Mothy, I'm glad that you brought that up. Coolest Metroid form? For me, it's got to be the good old-fashioned Metroid. I the, think I think they got it in one. The larval state? Yes. For me, the hatchling is cool. It's easily my favorite. Right. Um... But I also, no, that's also not cool. I like the alpha form where the tum-tum can get hurt. (laughs) Yeah, when they die, they're just like, oh, no, my tummy. I go like, oh, my tum-tums, and you always go, oh, my tummy. Yeah. Yeah, different interpretations. Uh, I guess it's the T-Rex form. Oh, the Omega? Yeah. Specifically the Samus Returns Omega, right? 
Yeah. Because the Game Boy, the Game Boy ones are scary, but they don't look especially cool, depending. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of like the Omega just in terms of coolness, though. I, I'm torn between the Omega and the Larval state because, again, those Larval ones, Crystal's right, they got those in one. Yeah. But the Queen and how you can go into the belly and blow it up that way is That's very pretty cool. Dodongo. Did you kill it that way, Crystal? Mm-hmm. Power bomb in the stomach. That's the best way to do it. Gross. What is up with the Metroid life cycle changing in different environments? Well, in Samus Returns, it's Aeon. In Metroid 2, I think that's just supposed to be their natural life cycle. Yeah. Um, but what is it in AM2R? In AM2R, it's not exactly explained. It's sort of hinted that it's their natural life cycle. Um, in Metroid Fusion, it's said that they can only change that way on SR388. But in the Prime games, they will change differently if they eat different things. So this it, Pokemon has a lot of different evolutions. I think it largely. Uh, I think that they have so many different life cycles because they find very different sources of nutrition depending on where they are. Which like, versions of Metroid Two are the Prime games canonical to, and which ones are they not? Oh, Mothy's asking the real questions. <laughs> I, I okay. Samus Returns has a few nods to the Prime games, but if they really wanted to tie it in, uh, they could have been a lot more explicit about that. That's true. What do you think, Monica? I think I like the way working theory of uh, Samus Returns skipping a science research team because, you know, we know about the Metroids. It's time to kill them. Sure. So Samus Returns, not Return of Samus in my head so far. I think that AM2R is definitely canonical to the Prime games. Um, Samus Returns to me, it's not a question of which... Metroid, the second games, are the Prime games canonical to, because the Prime games were designed to be canonical to the first one, and can therefore be uh, canonical to any of them. Like, if you wanted to slot the Prime games afterward, the Prime games, there's nothing in the text of the Prime games that contradicts anything going on in any of the Metroid 2 games. But the as for the ones that fit with it, uh, I think Samus Returns definitely comes closest of the canonical ones. Metroid 2 is not affected by Metroid Prime at all. What is the explanation for why there's Metroids on Talon? Oh, um, the reason that there are Metroids on Talon is that not all of the Metroids were taken to the space pirate base on Zebes. Zebus is not the only space pirate base. In fact, in the Metroid Prime games, Mother Brain is not the head of the space pirates. Space Pirate High Command is. Hmm. That seems like a big divergence from mainline Metroid. It is fairly major. Another major thing is that space pirates actually have, like, their own culture instead of being weird bugs. So, yeah, it's something that could happen. Or maybe they were a research facility that fled Zebus. Something like that. I'd have to replay Prime to be sure. But it is explained in the text of Prime. Mm-hmm. That feels to me like a, a, it really can't connect to any version of Metroid 2 because that would have been brought up. Well, see, in the original Metroid Prime, which was the only one that really went in on that in the first place, um, Samus was the only one who knew about anything that went on in Metroid Prime. The Galactic Federation had nothing to do with that game, and she didn't report to them about anything that happened in it. She went there by herself. Yes, tracking the space pirates. Yeah. It was a very personal mission. 
the Galactic Federation had nothing to do with it. For the space of that one game, it made sense. Once you start introducing the Prime Troopers, especially in Metroid Prime 3, where they fight fucking Metroids, yeah, that's that that that's a much bigger problem. Um, uh, the last of Mothy's questions is, did the Chozo fuck up big time, or did they do the best that they could? Which Chozo? <laughs> the science uh, team. Yeah, the SR... Three eighty-eight shows have fucked up pretty bad. They, they they didn't do a great job. Did they dig too deep and too hungrily? Yeah. Actually. Are the X the Balrog? Yeah. Th- thank you, Monica. They are definitely the Balrog. Yeah, I th- I think they did. It. I think they did poorly. Do we think that the guys who showed up and killed the science team did they also fuck up or did they do the best they could? <laughs> I'm getting more sympathetic to the Chozo General. I'm sorry. Although none of this really explains what happens to the Zebezian Chozo. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Zebezian Chozo were just killed by the space pirates. Okay, that checks out. Not as warlike the Zebezian Chozo. What if this the the general is a faction of Chozo that has just been going around killing other Chozos? What I'm thinking, what if the what if the Zebezian Chozo like what if the general himself is a Zebezian Chozo and he was away? When the space pirates took over Zebus because the science team on SR388 needed help. Oh, you're just injecting that tragedy. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Also, that yeah. would piss... Go ahead. And also, uh, he wasn't there for Talon. <laughs> yeah, sure wasn't. That would piss what? That would piss off. me off if I was the Chozo General. Uh, I guess so. So in two days, the Chozo General is going to be the last Smash character. <laughs> okay, wait. Before we get to the next question, here's my question from Crystal. Final prediction, Fighter 82. Um, I, 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 my genuine prediction, a third party character that I will not be able to guess beforehand. My, I want it to be prediction, Chozo General. Monica. Not Waluigi. God damn. And for my prediction, it's Saber from the Fate Stay Night series. Is that your, the one you're predicting will happen or the one you predict as a thing you want to happen i i'm predicting that will happen and what's your oh maybe it'll be this in a way that you would enjoy um or is it also saber it's also saber (laughs) (laughs) melty blood's out on switch true um you know they're remaking Tsukihime. that came out in japan right that's true that came out and they said they will never ever translate it (laughs) yeah that makes sense um, Ma- I will say... Yeah, not Wa- Waluigi doesn't count. Okay, uh, Zelda riding a guardian. As you want it to be, but what's your actual prediction? Uh, the Warrior of Light, who is not Garland. Oh, okay, yeah. Just the Warrior of Light from Final Fantasy. Oh my god, if it was fucking Jack... Jack Garland? <laughs> if it was Jack Garland, that would be so good. It would be so good. Like, his windscreen is him pulling out his phone and playing his wind tune on it. Oh, my God. Okay, I shall revise that to the Warrior of Light, also known as Garland. Jack Garland! All right. We're in now. Also, fucking Stranger of Paradise confirmed for Nintendo Switch 4K edition. Are they putting out the Pixel remasters on Switch? No, not yet. Some people think that they might announce it for consoles once all six of the Pixel remasters are out, but right now it's just PC and mobile. Oh, you mean the easiest platforms to play Final Fantasy on? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. 
Sure would be neat if they could figure out how to put them on consoles, but I understand that it's very hard to put Unity games on console. No, what I mean by that is the easiest platforms to emulate Final Fantasy on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Christ. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crystal, would you like to pay $15 to play these on... uh, One. One of these on your PC? Uh, No, I would not. Oh, I would not pay the $15 for that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I might pay $15 for all six. Okay, uh, yeah. I got nothing for you. <laughs> I got nothing for you. Would you like to listen to the soundtracks for free on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good old time. Uh, Tim asks, what's the purpose of a mechanism that floods a section of the planet with acid until another area is cleared of Metroids? I think this is about Samus Returns. I'm That's still about- a little fuzzy on this. Well, it keeps the Metroids from getting out. But, okay... It, it really only makes sense with the intention of the Chozo that somebody is going to go back in to clean things up. Yeah, it's like your assumption is that the Chozo General and a bunch of badasses are going to come in, kill the Metroid, bring the DNA to unlock the next section, and just keep working their way down. Because there's nothing else that's going to kill the Metroids. Because that also, there's some Chozo, sorry, there's some Metroid before the first seal. Just one. Oh, okay. Just one. Okay, so you establish that you can kill it. Yes. You establish that it's definitely dead. Yes. I guess that would also prevent people from... from uh... Accidentally unleashing the rest. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. There was also one that they had to take from the planet. Yeah, that's true. There were at least two Metroids. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, you're super right. Or maybe they bombarded that first Metroid with beta rays and it split into two Metroids. And they were like, oh, shit. Pantheon Sasuke asks, why Arachnus? Um, Crystal, I'll leave this one to you. I, I don't know what's the deal with Arachnus. What is the deal with Arachnus? It's, just, it's, just, it's not it's a just spider. The, just the bug. It's, it's just some kind of weird mole armadillo bug. Um, I, I guess it's so you can fight something that's not a Metroid as a boss fight. No, but I saw this as why is it called Arachnus when it's not a spider? Oh, well, no one knows. No, No one knows. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. Uh, oh, it's called Makuhara in Japanese. What's so. ma- what's ma- what's Marukara? Nothing with a, a root of Iraq. Okay, granted. I don't. Isn't the the morph ball called Marumari or something? That's true. So it's more like a ball sort of thing. Okay, you were saying, Crystal. Jason asks, "Am2R Samus returns?" Samus returns. I think it largely depends on what you want, because Samus Returns is a very love it or hate it kind of game. Like I think, I think that it's my favorite game to play mechanically of all the Metroids. Whereas Crystal, you would probably say that it's your least favorite of the non-Metroid One games, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like just to play. Yep. So it, I think it really depends on how you feel about uh, Samus Returns itself. If you like Samus Returns, it's it, 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 as Chef's kiss. If you don't, AM2R plays like the GBA Metroids, and everybody likes those, except boomers. I hold grudges. <laughs> Monica does hold a grudge over that save data. I'm sorry. No helping it. Clicking the run button more than once shouldn't delete my saves. It doesn't do that anymore. It did. I know it did, sweetheart. I saw it happen. I'm very sorry. Uh, is it cool and good that Samus does a genocide? It's probably only genocide if it's like, if the Metroid are sapient. Yeah, I wouldn't throw the word genocide at this. It's more of an extermination. 
Yeah, it's a, is it cool and good that she did an extermination? An extinction. It depends. Yeah, that's definitely a worthwhile distinction to make because the Metroids don't have a culture. It, it, they're not people. So she doesn't do a genocide in that sense. But is it cool and good that she does uh, species-level extermination? Uh, I, I would say this is different between the two games because in Metroid 2, it's like, damn, Samus, you are cold-blooded. <laughs> You're just going to wipe out a whole species for money? Yeah, it is literally like you got this assignment. I guess it's a it's sanctioned by the entire UN or whatnot. But the entire uh, game itself makes you go, "Oh, it's a sure is a good and just absolutely good thing that you did that." The game itself is like da 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 da. You did a good thing, and we're on an adventure. But I'll keep this one. Yeah. So the game says yes, but in Samus Returns, it's like, "Oh, you fucked up, actually. Why'd you do that? Didn't you know what was going to happen?" You've played the other games, right? I, I, it's interesting to me if Samus has other motivations too, like investigate the Chozo stuff and deal with the shit that they they cause, right? Independent of her being um, hired by the Federation, right? Do we think that Samus sees the Chozo memories? I think she sees them in Dread. So that would imply that she doesn't see them here. Yeah, because they're not in game; they're in the gallery. Would you feel different about how she? behaves towards the metroid if she did see the chozo memories like she sees that they are artificial weapons that were created and went out of control is she then justified to kill all of them i i feel like she would have more complicated feelings about it if we assume this is after prime i understand why she'd be like man fuck the metroids (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair enough it doesn't that make it all the more like incredible like she spares one even if it's the cutest little puppy yeah, after fighting the Metroid Prime in three different games, I have to admit that I would be really reticent to spare any Metroid at any time. There are hatchlings in Prime, too. And they will attack the shit out of you. They were, yeah, they didn't imprint on you. They sure but, didn't. But they're still kind of cute little potatoes. Oh, they're very cute. I'm sorry, but it's okay, babe. They're all right. They're well, dead. Well, Samus bonds with the baby because she, too, is the last of her kinds. It's true. And she, too, had uh, her parents killed by Ridley. Yes, that is true. This would be like Ridley adopting Samus. Ridley adopts AU where Ridley adopts Samus and she's a space pirate. Surely that's a thing, right? Surely somebody's written that or drawn that. Definitely. Somebody send that in. Somebody send that to my Twitter, at Cam Writer, because I want to see that fan art. God damn it. Okay, last set of questions from Neveron. Uh, I think Jason has a couple more. Oh, did I miss them? Yes. Uh, which of the Metro 2 suits is the best? Is it better than the Zero Mission best suit? Well, I mean, the best Zero Mission suit is probably the Gravity suit, right? I just I mean, like I the really Big like... Shoulders Various suit classic. Classic. Um, so, which of the Metroid 2 second Metroid suits do you like best, Crystal? Because I really like the kind of super badass Terminator look that Samus has in Samus Returns. It's a little bit over the top, but I still like it. Uh, the the drawings of, of classic various suit in the Metroid 2 manual really won me over. You know what? Fair. I'll, 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 I'll bow my head to that one. Um, is Spider-Ball fun or a pain? Uh, it's fun in Samus Returns. A, I, I think it's supposed to be a pain in Metroid 2. It's fine in AM2R. It was fine in the Prime games, too. What do you think, Crystal? I like it. Um, is Space Jump good or unfun? I love Space Jump. 
Space jump is spectacular. What kind of question is this? Infinite jumps forever. And which ship model in this game is the coolest? And is it better than Zero Mission? Oh, God, yeah. Every single version of Metroid 2 that I've seen has a slightly different version of Samus's ship in it. Um, I guess I like the original best. It's definitely the most sci-fi, chunky, big-ass spaceship feeling. Yeah, I like that you can go in it in the beginning. Yeah, just yeah, walk yeah. around how about you, in it. How about you, Monica? I don't have too much opinions about the suits or the ships. That's fair enough. Okay, the last set of questions from Neveron. Which is better, the AM2R Magma or the Mysterious Samus Returns Liquid? I like that purple stuff. I like purple the purple coke. grape juice. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, how do you feel about fan remakes adding their own lore? Like the Galactic Federation troopers hanging around on the planet. Well, that specific detail is lore-friendly, but I am also in favor of fan remakes adding their own lore. Oh yeah, do it. Absolute chef's kiss. Just do it however much you like. Transformative uh fan works are the best sorts and remakes are that by nature do what you think is cool the one thing i would say is i feel like am2r could have been more daring with its lore really yes because a lot of what i've i've read over the logs and i played through most of the game it's derivative it is i'm going to link and mention something about you know connected to one of the prime hunters or so on. Sure. I'm going to, you know, go and have the Federation troopers write out logs of, you know, stuff that we've largely seen or expected from uh, Echoes. It's like, do your own weird shit. I think you might be a little bit too harsh on AM2Rs because it killed your save. No. (laughs) This part is totally independent. Okay. It's, I think, wanting to be faithful to the series, but that... I think limiting, that's limiting your thought and what you think you can put in that is Metroid. But Nintendo just does whatever. You are free to do whatever. That's true. So overall, I think I can say we're all in favor. Yes. That brings us to the end of the second Metroid show. Are Infinite Jumps the best video game upgrade? That's true. That is the last question from Neveron. The answer is yes. Yeah. I struggle to think of anything better. Like, I I would be hard-pressed. But yeah, that's the end. We did it. And we're all tired now. Cameron, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter. You can find me at ArcaneCrystal and at Patreon.com slash ArcaneCrystal, where you can listen to episodes a week early, both of this podcast and of MCU Complete Me, the show I do with Luke where we talk about all the Spider-Man movies and all the Marvel movies, and we're also going to be talking about the Matrix movies, because we decided those are superhero films. That's a great way to take a break from the MCU while still having a podcast. Um, And I'm also on Eidolon Playtest, an actual play podcast inspired by JoJo's and Persona, where you have a little thing called an Eidolon that's like your soul, but it's outside of your body. It's like all the fun parts of those settings, but not the parts that you hate. Um, that's it. Those, those are the podcasts I do. Do you want to hear a funny Metroid joke? Uh-huh. Um, I'm looking one up. <laughs> uh, I, AM2R is a work of love, and I think it's pretty good. I think, I, I, I like it quite a lot. I think that it compares favorably to Samus Returns. I won't say that I like it better than Samus Returns. But I would place it on the same tier in terms of quality. I joke about how seriously I was wounded by it. 
even though it did wound me. <laughs> yes, it it genuinely did. But it, it's genuinely like it's it's respectable. It's uh, polished. There's no reason that anybody listening to this podcast shouldn't play another Metroid Two. Remake. And really, even like legally, it's a fan thing. Yeah, they did not charge for it. No, legal legality has nothing to do with it. I this. like looking at that approach though. Like it, and the fan labor of love is really, it is a creative work. Legally speaking to me, like it's the same as a fanfic to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I found a joke. It's a bit of a boomer joke, but uh, it amused me in its boomerness. Oh no. This comes in from, um, the Metroid subreddit. No, any good Metroid jokes topic from user gunslinger yuppie. This Metroid joke is simply one word. Fusion. Oh! What? <laughs> Gunslinger Yuppie is saying that Metroid Fusion is a joke. Oh. oh. <laughs> Why not like other M? Okay, well, bye everybody. But Fusion was pretty good. Every- F- Fusion's the best one, people say. I liked it. We'll definitely see how you feel about it when you actually play it, Crystal. But yeah, that's Monica's favorite for sure. Anyway, uh, that's... That's a, that's a nuclear fucking take. All right. Good night everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.